City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. It's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy. This is the City Quick Connect podcast, and I am thrilled to be back this week with my very special guest, one that I rarely have on the show, Scott Platten. Scott? Yeah, I always tell people, Casey, that I'm just staff. Uh, I just don't just dispense with the title. I, uh, I just work for the association. Honestly, exactly. it just does not matter what my title is. I just work for cities and towns. That's all. Well, and and, it, and that's in keeping with the notion that we as an organization are very flat. So that's right. That's right. Staff is fine. Thanks for coming to our human resources TED talk last week. The state house it was filled with a lot of debate. It was filled with some a little bit of drama. Um, yep. It was filled with some uh, action taken on some, some pretty big issues. Maybe a little, maybe some theatrics. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, to quote the speaker himself, I'll, we'll say some theatrics, and I, I think, I think it was a lot of theatrics. It what just just wasn't on the House or Senate floor um, where we saw no, the theatrics. I, I agreed. I, it was. It was certainly bipartisan. We'll put it right, that way. absolutely. That? I think every, everybody is certainly responsible for the theatrics. So let's talk a little bit about last week um, in Columbia at the State House. So the the House took up a the, the majority of their time was spent debating the fetal heartbeat bill, and we've talked a little bit a bit about that on the on the pod before, but. It's a bill that basically limits abortions after six weeks, and it does a lot of other things. But that was a big issue on the floor, as was an education bill um, that took up a lot of time, especially last Thursday, with fighting between Democrats and Republicans about about the issue of the state superintendent of education taking over schools. Right. So that's kind of what the, the House looks like last week. The Senate. They spent a lot of time debating the COVID-19 liability bill, the safe harbor bill, and they spent a lot of time talking about a bond bill uh, for money for port expansion. Right. What else? What What am I missing here? What else did they? Yeah, in terms of floor action, that was pretty much it in both chambers. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, we had committee meetings that – were underway subcommittee and committee meetings that took place, but very few of those involved um, issues that we were directly concerned with. There were a couple that we participated in and were monitoring pretty closely, but right. otherwise the action was restricted to the floor in right. the House and the Senate. So, uh, but that doesn't mean that we weren't working. Of course, we were absolutely, uh, particularly on the House side. There was a, a bill, House Bill 3606. Right. Uh, that that was dealt a, with the building stuff, right? With yeah, the, that was. With the BOAS. Okay. That was in an LCI subcommittee. The uh, president of the Building Officials Association, Patrick Brown, who's the building official for the town of Edisto Beach, came up and testified yeah. and gave some concerns about the bill. It uh, What that bill does is seek to allow property owners to do a host of improvements on their property without having to get a building permit. Okay. All of the things that are in the bill are, are are already covered by current building codes in South Carolina. But right. uh, the the LCI committee, subcommittee in particular, wanted to 
they want to codify. They want to put that in state law. So okay. we gave our input, and uh, that was reported out with a favorable report to the full LCI committee. And I assume it'll be on the agenda for LCI at their next meeting, which I, I don't know week. that. Yeah. yeah, it should be this week. Haven't it's seen it week. come out yet, yeah. but it'll be this week. So, yeah. And then um, I, I guess the other bill that we were covering is a, uh, a recycling bill that right. talks about uh, um, gasification of feedstocks. And this is a Senate bill that right. uh, Joni Nickel on our staff is covering. And <laughs> We've been uh, keeping an eye on it. It's a really complicated thing. I think there were references to Chernobyl and oh, wow. the, pine, okay. the Pinewood toxic Pinewood, uh, yeah. waste facility right. yeah. down That's right. That's in right. Hunter County. So uh, that's getting, keeping that's an getting eye into on that. some deep stuff right there. A lot of people have a lot of feelings about this. Yeah. Thing. And there's another bill that we're working on, uh, Senate Bill 506. This is a mm-hmm. bill that makes it ex- – Expressly allowable to have a baking business in your home. You can right. sell baked goods from your home, which is fine because most cities and towns and counties, their zoning ordinances allow for home occupations. But there's one very troubling line. It's the very last line of Senate Bill 506 that says this bill specifically preempts local government regulation of any kind of these businesses. So that's, yeah, Scott, that's we can't have that. We can't no, have that's, that. that's troublesome for zoning ordinances. So uh, if you if you are interested, go look at 506 and ask your right. senator to uh, support striking out just that one line at the very end of the bill that uh, preempts local regulation of those businesses, including through your zoning ordinance. Right. And there's also there's another bill, Senate Bill 308, that is similar. Um, to 506, that bill was carried over and sub last week, but um, yeah. it has some of the same, but it does not have the preemption language. That's right. Um, but we're following those, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. The town of Estill actually brought that to our attention and said that yep. they were um, working on those issues down in Estill and that um, wanted us to get involved. And, you know, we we started tracking those bills and, and started working that, that preemption language. So shout out to Estill. Really appreciate You know, let me tell you this. I had a phone call last week from our good friend Warren Harley in Orangeburg. Warren, Warren Harley. Warren Harley, and he said, "Case, I like your podcast. I listen to you and Scott in the car when I'm, you know, driving, and I, I really enjoy it." And I said, "Warren, that means a lot to me, man." Um, so, Scott, let's talk about one more issue yeah. that happened last week, and then we'll kind of preview this week. So last week, um, they the house so the. The House passed 3707, which was the vaccine bill, and sent it to the Senate. The Senate amended that bill after much debate, uh, sent it back to the House. Um, week before last, the House had amended it, yep. and but then adjourned debate on it because they wanted to look at it a little bit more. Well, they came back last week, and it, a lot of procedural motions, which I really get into, but they they took away the amendment that they had adopted, and they just decided to concur on the Senate amendment to that yeah. bill so they could get that bill on the governor's – it was actually a joint resolution. They could get that resolution on the governor's desk and get that money distributed um, to MUSC and DHEC and available for um, cities to, to hold these vaccine events. And that was yeah. a really that was a really big deal, I think, um, for the House to just concur and move on and, yeah. um, and get that out. 
yeah, credit to the House leadership and the House membership for recognizing that ping-ponging that bill back and forth between the chambers and then potentially having to go into a conference committee that could last who knows how long and then trying to get concurrence with the conference reports. I mean, that could have added a a fair bit of time to the process. and. We we don't have time to do that. So credit right. to uh, credit to them for, for yeah credit to them for for recognizing that and going along with it. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. Well, before before we do that, okay, let's, ju- All let's right. jump let's jump back to the COVID liability bill that's in the Senate, Senate Bill 147. You want can okay. we talk about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you like 48 seconds. Roger that. So Senate Bill 147 is a bill that would provide liability protections to uh, businesses and local governments against claims from employees or customers uh, that they contracted COVID as a result of being exposed at work or in a, in a place of business. That bill was reported out of full judiciary two weeks ago onto the floor, mm-hmm. and the Senate debated it last week. And Senator Shane Massey from Edgefield uh, raised some concerns about it. I think we even talked about it uh, when it was in, when it came out of committee. But he raised concerns about it on the floor, put up some amendments as well. He got to a point, and the debate got to a point, particularly last Thursday, where. I think everybody realized they weren't going to make a whole lot of progress. So yeah. what they what they did was go ahead and they gave the bill second reading, but then everybody would have will have the opportunity this week to make amendments and then hold a roll call vote on third reading, which is third reading usually is just a, a formality is a, is a right. perfunctory if you will. So, and because this bill is also in a special order slot, right. which gives it priority in terms of the calendar and, and the argument. order of the calendar, right. Right. So, so uh, they'll take that up this week. There will be some amendments likely. I know that Senator Gerald Malloy from Hartsville is interested in, in making sure that this bill comes, stays as close to his subcommittee's work as possible but he also recognizes that he needs to get this thing moving because he has other interests, particularly in the tort claims bill, Senate Bill 82. And, um, you know, we all have to work together to, to get different pieces of legislation moving. So uh, he's going to be interested to get that thing third reading this point at some point this week so that we can he can get on to Senate Bill 82, hopefully. So well, that's, and Scott, uh, there's we'll also – um, We've also got the bond bill that's still, um, I believe, yeah. that's in the adjourned debate um, yep. slot on the on the calendar. So that that bill yeah. that was debated some last week, that bill's still in play too, and that's a really big that's a big deal for a lot of people, and it's a big issue. So well, there the Senate's got a lot of stuff coming up that that's going to take up a lot of time. Yeah, let's talk about that bond bill a little bit because it has a it has some interest for locals, uh, cities and towns in particular. And in fact, Mayor Harry Williams, uh, the mayor of Hardyville, was mentioned right. uh, during the course of the debate on that bond bill. And what this bill does is provide the South Carolina Ports Authority about a half a billion with a B in, right. in, a bi- in half funds. Half a bill. Half a billion in funds okay. to expand the port, to deepen uh, Charleston Harbor so that they can continue to anticipate the 
bigger and bigger cargo ships. ships, container ships. However, Senator Tom Davis from Buford, who this isn't the first time that he's brought this up, and he Not I'll give all. him I'll give him all the credit in the world for being an advocate for his district. But he spent a lot of time during that debate last week explaining and arguing for the moving forward with developing the Jasper Port. The Jasper Port Terminal has been on the drawing board for many, many years and is seen as a potential economic boon for that part of the state, Jasper, Hampton counties, even Beaufort County for that matter. And despite the fact that he and the the late Senator Clemente Pinckney passed a a law in 2009 that that compelling the board to to study the Jasper and to to provide recommendations. Despite that, that state law that says Ports Authority, you will move forward with developing the Jasper port, that's not happened. And so Senator, Senator Davis made it very clear, and I, I think he got a sympathetic ear from Senator Hugh Leatherman for, uh, from Florence, who's the chairman of Senate Finance. Yeah, well, he, he certainly got, a, got support from um, Senator Margie Bright-Matthews, who now I, I, holds Senator Pinckney's um, Senate seat. Yes, absolutely. And, and so I think because of the way that Senator Davis presented his arguments and particularly got – Senator Leatherman's ear, mm-hmm. he's going to make some progress on on the Jasper port going forward. So, you know, the, the argument that Senator Davis presented was that it's not an either-or proposition. They can do both. He said right. he supports the bond bill, the half a billion right. for, for expanding Charleston. But, but he, he says, wants to include stuff for Jasper. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, give him credit for that. And uh, i I buy into his arguments. I think it would be great for I think it would be the low country for Jasper and Hampton district. counties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so they'll they'll be they'll make some more progress on that this week, hopefully. And uh, and, and I'm really curious to see how that's going to affect Jasper, the Jasper Port, going forward. I think it's going to be a great thing to watch, and I think it would be great, especially for those low country counties. So this week in the state house, we are looking at a normal week for the House and Senate on the floor and in committee. There are a couple of bills, um, one in particular that we are not necessarily tracking, but we're watching it to see what it does in the big picture. Um, the House Judiciary Committee is meeting this week to take up several bills, but the the one that is sticking out to me is this open carry uh, yeah. with training is what they're calling it, open carry with training. Um, that bill has definitely been on the high priority list of the House Majority Caucus, and it's been important important to them. So I expect that bill to get out of full, and I expect it to go on the floor. Full way, uh, the Ways and Means Proviso Subcommittee, that's the subcommittee of the House Ways and Means Budget Writing Committee that um, deals with the provisos in the budget, which are the temporary law changes that direct how to spend money. Uh, that meets this week. So we are going to start seeing some movement on the state budget from House Ways and Means, and we're going to start seeing a lot of debate on the open carry with training. Um, and, Scott, like you mentioned, with the debate from last week in the Senate carrying over into this week, we, we've kind of got that. We're, we're seeing where that's coming from. And this is yeah. none of this. You know, there are several – there's a bill on the calendar and several in committee in the Senate that deal with Santee Cooper. 
So that's still out there. With yeah. March quickly approaching, this is this is a full slate for our legislature. Well, and and the way you and I always think, Casey, is we're always a, a month ahead. So as far as I'm concerned, it's it's we're two weeks from crossover. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. In, ter- in, in mean, terms of planning yeah, for you, planning purposes, right? You know? I mean, you're talking you're talking now like you're about to hit the beach for vacay and then put up your Christmas tree. Yeah, spring break's on the way. It's not right. far not far off, is it? <laughs> so we yeah, there's there's a lot going on right now. I really encourage everybody to tune in. All, every meeting right now is being broadcast on ETV on the website, so you can watch it. Um, you can be a part of it, and you don't even have to leave your home office or your office office or your car or anywhere else that you can um, stream video. So, I've, and as always, I, I need you to need everybody to answer our emails and phone calls because things come up while we are doing a lot of long-term planning. While the stuff we do day to day is going on, we're we're doing a lot of research, a lot of phone calls behind the scenes to get some stuff done. We're still going to reach out for for questions and help. Yeah, Casey, let me mention one thing to to kind of get on everybody's radar. I, I don't know okay. if this bill's going to go very far, but we've we've been asked to provide a fiscal impact statement on House Bill 3480, and this is uh-huh. a bill that would propose to raise the minimum wage to $13 an hour. I, quite frankly, I don't expect this bill to get any kind of action, but – we put out a call to the city and town finance directors and clerks treasurers to ask mm-hmm. them for what the budgetary effects might be uh, if if a minimum wage were raised to thirteen dollars an hour. So if you're uh, if you're listening to this and and are interested in pulling those numbers together for us, we need those as uh, as soon as you can get them to us this week so we can let uh, House Ways and Means Committee know that. This could have a pretty, pretty significant effect on uh, municipal budgets because, it particularly, right. it would apply to part-time employees as well. So, just just okay. putting that out uh, again. Don't expect this to go anywhere, but w- any good information we can provide to that House Ways and Means staff is uh, is very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, anything else we need to talk about that happened last week or is happening this week? I can't can't think of anything off the top of my head. Just make sure everybody pay attention to the From the Dome to Your Home that you receive on Friday. Go to right. www.masc.sc and keep an eye on the tracking system and always, always Follow reach out to Follow everybody on Twitter. Us. Yeah, well, you know, there's and we haven't been tweeting as much as we probably should, although there just hadn't been a whole lot of spe- city or town-specific stuff to tweet about but uh as soon as we as soon as we hear about it we'll we'll put it out there excellent everybody continue to wear your mask get your vaccination if you so choose to do so wash your hands socially distance and stay healthy we will see you next week well you'll listen to us talk about stuff that we hope you're interested in next week on the city quick connect podcast stay safe everybody The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook. 
Twitter and Instagram.